1: Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation State. Beyond. 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 Yes, Beyond is the name of the show. This is Beyond episode 495, and I'm Max Scoville, and I'm joined by my good friends Alana Pierce Freets. and Andrew Goldfarb.
2: Really close to 500, I'm getting very worried. Yes,
1: well, it's really close to E3, so you should be more worried about that. That's coming up very shortly. Uh, I apologize for the skeleton crew of these skeleton people we're hanging out with. <laughs> uh, we got a good show lineup up, though. Andrew was in Japan for like 10 days. Uh, we got our first look at Far Cry 5. There's a game called Everybody's Golf. Is everybody so golf? Everybody's wow. Apparently, everybody, everybody is golf. Uh, but in any case, we're gonna talk about all of that. Um, let's get into this first. Like you went to Japan, dude. Why?
2: Yeah. Uh, so we. It was really whirlwind. We went to a bunch of studios. Uh, we went to seven studios in nine days. Uh, some of which I can talk about. Some I can't. And then we also went to a show called Bit Summit, which is sort of like Pax Japan. Uh, it's, like, a really cool, very small, open-to-the-public show that's, like, everything from, like, Nintendo and Sony and Twitch had boots, and they were selling merch, but then there were also people, like, literally making games in their spare time, like, games as hobbies. Okay. So, it was a really cool, like, we met a guy who's been working on the same game for seven years, and it's finally coming out. Um, and he just found a publisher and uh, Cam Shea, who runs our Australia office, actually just put a roundup up of like 18 of the coolest games we saw.
3: So I heard that um, like actually famous developers also go to Bitsummit.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's weird in that way. It's uh, like a is there and uh, all kinds of other people. Like I ran to Shuhei there, like all kinds of like That's crazy, completely random, like just checking out like a, it's a really cool feeling watching someone like um like Inaba from Platinum standing over someone who made a game in their garage is just yeah. like a really cool feeling Do you think you
3: know? they go to scout for development talent or
2: maybe within japan i hadn't even thought of that yeah. i mean possibly actually because like they can have like a direct line into the indie scene yeah um but yeah like we that show was really cool uh we had originally planned to go to that and we were trying to build in like a couple studio visits around it and so basically we flew in now to tokyo and then we went down to kyoto for bit summit but in Tokyo, we were able to visit a whole bunch of places. So we, uh, we have some cool stuff coming. Um, uh, what I can say now is that we were at Atlas, we were at Platinum, we were at Bandai Namco, uh, and we were at Kajima Productions. And Kajima was just like a tour. Like we, we don't have like Death Stranding crazy scoops coming or anything. Yeah, I mean, it they don't, they, they have to
1: make it first.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that was the thing. Like it was, it was cool being there because like right now it feels like they're finally like at the point where they have an incredible space and like it, it everything there like feels like it's like bleeding creativity. They, so they like feel like they the, moved in kind of. Yeah. And it's like, like we didn't really get to the dev floor. Um But just like the, like when you come up to it and, and Marty wrote a thing in January that everybody should read if they haven't, which is kind of a tour of what that place looks like. But when you first come up the elevator, um, there's like a big, like a pillar that has like the death stranding trailer playing projected behind it. And it's just like a camera on it and a single button and you press it. And like once they buzz you in, the wall next to it opens and it's it's an airlock. It's like um, a huge white lit up hallway with the Luden statue in the middle of it. And you have to like go through it to get into the studio space. Um, and once we got in there, we just funneled straight into a meeting room and we just had like a quick chat about some stuff. And then the wall behind us was like this like foggy glass. And there was a point where like, at the end of our meeting, Kijima was like, okay, look at the wall. And they hit a switch and it lowered the opacity and you could just see all the way across the studio, like, into the depth floor, into the entire other side. And then they hit another switch, and then it came back up. And basically, like, they can control, like, the Just the wonder glass. how
3: much money they spent on the building, you know? <laughs> yeah, seriously. like, maybe they should be spending on the game.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I assume... Yeah, I guess, like, Sony's funding the game, so it's like,
1: and they're probably the studio, not working. Those
3: uh, uh, walls s-
1: were all Sony translucent TVs. So yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I saw
3: yeah. uh, Kojima tweeted that they're moving... There are two Luden statues, and they're mm-hmm. moving the first one. He said shipping to the U.S., so... I'm wondering if it's going to be at E3 mm. and why. That
1: would be cool. I mean, you put it at the Sony booth, you get people taking pictures with it, and it's yeah, free advertising for a game yeah. that comes out in three years. You
2: know? Yeah, I mean, if part love- <laughs> of me, I, I hope it's just that. Like, I kind of, I'm ready for them to not talk about that game for a couple of years, you know? Like, I, I feel like we got a cool tease, like we have, we have no idea what it is, but now I'm just like... It gets to that point where you overhype it. I think yeah. by showing too much of it.
3: I well, felt like that with Horizon a little bit. That we kept seeing the same kind of trailers, and I was like, "Yes, this game is pretty. Yeah. You Don't need to keep showing mm-hmm. me how pretty this game is." Like, I'm already solved.
2: And there was so much to it beyond that, you know. Yeah, yeah. stuff
3: that they didn't show. which well, is the reason. Well,
2: I mean, the good news with,
1: with Death Stranding is we don't actually know what this game looks like at all. Yeah. We have is it no a game? idea. We don't, what, we don't know what kind of game it is. Yeah. Like, we don't like. We don't have the faintest idea, like what it's about, plot wise. Because it's all just weird, surrealist, like, vignettes that we've seen so far. Whereas, like, you know, he could really reveal something of, of, like, Metal Gear. We're like, okay, well, we we assume that it's re- loosely related to the previous Metal Gear games. Yeah, yeah like,
2: third-person action. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah.
1: with Horizon, they showed us the game in action. We were like, oh, that's uh, that's how you play the game. You fight the the big dinosaur thing you shoot it in the nads. But, like, <laughs> I don't know what the hell Death Stranding's about. You
3: know, I think with Death Stranding, because of the way that we've seen the trailers that have come out for it, if you even want to call them that, I feel like they are such interesting, small- bits of film that I'm so okay with them coming out for a long time, even if yeah. it's not to sell me on that game. Like I could watch those trailers if yeah. they're all that weird, because they're so fascinating, and they're just they're good to watch. They're like interesting short films. Dude, I yeah. bought
1: the I bought the song from the the last trailer on vinyl. Like they he put out like low roar, the low roar, yeah. yeah. And it's just I'm like okay, and it's got like Norman Reedus' nasty hand on the cover of it. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, that's a thing that exists. Yeah, it's super strange. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. That's what I like about Kojima is that the process of making games is. Uh, It's not particularly tactile. You can make games entirely sitting at a computer, and it's sort of like, oh, you see most game studios, and they look like offices. You know, they're not particularly exciting. But uh, I think that he understands that there is that level of movie magic, which kind of helps almost bolster the significance of a game. And So to have, like, this studio that's like – I mean – it's kind of what, like, Lucas was doing with Industrial Light and Magic back in the day. It was, like, this weird, like, oh, what is this funny, like, think tank, like, you know, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory type of setup. And the fact that he's like, yeah, there's a, a giant, brilliantly lit up Apple store of a hallway that has an airlock. And then there's translucent <laughs> VR mission walls to see through. Uh, and then he's like, he teases it with, you know, bizarre kind of promotional shorts. And that's, uh, I mean, he's always, he's always been weird about it, you know? Like, he's always been sort of, like... I don't think I don't think the fourth wall even counts. It's something much weirder than that because you know obviously your games are interactive. But for I mean think about how like he announced the Phantom Pain and it he it was like the negative space said Metal Gear Solid yeah. Five yeah. It took people twenty five minutes to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. But he still had a video where Jeff Keighley interviewed that mummy. It's just like I like that. There's that there's that kind of meta. It's the the, the meta narrative. You it's know, like
3: the whole studio is reflective of his art direction. Yeah, which I also think is really cool. Um, Aside from Kojima.
1: Yeah.
2: Which, uh, talk about Atlas. Atlas. Go on. Oh, yeah. Atlas was amazing just seeing... Uh, we saw the studio's space, And, and we'll, have, we'll have some stuff coming pretty soon um, with that. I mean, it was... That trip was mainly looking at what they're up to next. Mm-hmm. And not in terms of, like, here's the announcement of our next thing, but more of, like, structurally, what yeah. are they becoming? And, and Platinum was kind of the same thing. And we'll have uh, some cool stuff rolling out How was it from both for you, Andrew Goldfarb,
1: America's number 1 Persona fan.
2: It was cool. It was uh it, there's so much like there's basically a Persona museum there and like seeing all of their merch and like all the stuff they had and like being like oh I have that in my desk and then, then like passing around photos of my desk and stuff was like so nerdy but such like a cool little moment and like yeah we met um Hashino and uh Soojima and Meguro who I'm probably butchering pronunciation of but those are like the brain trust behind Persona 3 4 and 5 and Catherine That's so. nuts. It was really cool. Yeah, that did was you, awesome. Like,
1: did you freak out? Like, did you lose your... Are you crying?
2: I, I freaked out a little <laughs> bit. Uh, yeah, I, I like I barely managed to maintain professionalism. Caleb, who was with us, was laughing at me because it was just yeah. like, it was like overwhelming to see like everything to be like in the base camp of Persona was really, really cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was awesome. And so drew me a Morgana that's like personalized to me. That's so cool. That I'm getting Personalized?
3: A, a. Uh, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah, and we'll have we'll have stuff coming. Like, I don't want to get too much into what we did with uh, with Bandai Namco or with Platinum, sure. but we'll have some cool interviews and just little gameplay things coming. And it was re- it was a cool week and a half. That's
1: that's very exciting. I'm. It's always weird to do like a big big preview, you know, mission thing right before E3, and have like I'm sure things that you want to talk about. But
2: yeah, it's like know. it's that weird. It's like the weird calm for the storm feeling yeah. of like. Now we're in like full E3 mode. Like that felt like the it, it, same thing with like judges week that Brandon and Ryan were at where like that feels like the last right. hurrah before you yeah. like really kick
1: off oh, E3. This show.
3: week my job is 100% E3. I yeah, yeah totally. And I think we're, it's,
1: yeah, we've, I mean, it's done. Yeah, uh, getting a lot of stuff ready for the next couple weeks. So yeah. um, if we seem scattered, apologies. We're just kind of getting ready for stuff. Um, it's also always weird, the, kind of the news that trickles out. Either you get yep. some massive leak or it's some sort of just quiet sort of whisper of like, oh, this, sorry, this isn't happening. It's either stuff um,
2: that was too small for E3 or news that a game won't be at E3 right. or a leak. Like yeah. that's yeah. pretty much what we have
1: Um now. So we got some of that. Uh, we learned, this is interesting. Uh, we learned that the FF7 remake is switching to internal development so they were working with uh was it cyber connect yep and now it sounds like square enix is kind of like okay let's let's just bring that back home uh not sure what that means i get that was there was there a formal announcement that this is a ways off
2: i mean no there was an offhanded comment in their last earnings thing that uh kingdom hearts 3 and uh final fantasy 7 remake are like in the next couple of years like they they didn't
3: they've never given us a year and they've never said like it's Okay. A long way away.
2: And we know that Final Fantasy is like in multiple parts and like they're like yeah. full I game wonder if parts. it's still
3: going to do that though after like Hitman... I think that was a really good game. You played the first episode, didn't you? Yeah,
2: I played a bit of it. Yeah,
3: I played I, a bit of the first
1: episode, and then I just was like, I don't know if I love this. And I, I heard really the like other it. Ones were incredible. Yeah, so. it's
3: very good. Yeah. But um, because it released in episodes, I think a lot less people played it, and I wonder if they're kind of revising that strategy now with Final Fantasy.
1: Yeah, I wonder if we'll get sort of like an episode to sky with uh, with FF seven and just something to kind of for people to chew on and get excited about and help yeah. kind of like just stir up the waters and get people buying. I hope so.
2: And I mean, they've shown so much of Midgar stuff that it's like even if they just let us do like some run around Midgar like very. Yeah. basic like it, they don't have to do like the whole rest of the game but yeah I, I think it would be fun to well, let yeah, people know like like that, that
3: Final Fantasy system. 15 demo yeah like yeah that's this guy yeah oh that's what yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that was awesome yeah yeah,
1: um, yeah that would be, it would be really, weird, cool. really good so yeah it'd be cool if we got something like that that said the announcement that they're switching to internal development doesn't sound particularly like hooray you know like just that, that they're like hey we've already given you like teasers and trailers and stuff for this and i know you want to play it uh we're shifting things around back here sorry might be a second
2: it's it's really interesting the way that they have this stable of talent that i feel like we're just not even familiar with like when tabata took over final fantasy 15 it was like oh the type zero guy like that's weird can he run a project that big and then yeah, yeah, yeah. and so like this is the mobius final fantasy guy which is like a really interesting choice to run a project this big but like i feel like they wouldn't put it in someone's hands, who they, it, yeah. especially if there were problems at CyberConnect and now they're kind of like recentering. Yeah. I feel like they wouldn't give it to someone who isn't capable. Mm. So I'm, I'm really curious to see like, yeah, you might be right. Like I wonder if they are rethinking the entire thing structurally. Yeah, It's just mm. such a big undertaking if it actually maintains the standard that those trailers look like. And it's mm-hmm. such like, it is such a revered game that like yeah. you can't mess it up. Like you yeah. can't make the bad remake of Final Fantasy VII after yeah. people have been asking for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in other
1: news, uh, also kind of disappointing. Uh, hey, remember uh, what was that other big game they announced at, uh, at Sony's press? Kickstarter. I, think, oh, it was I a, believe it was, it was a, a Shenmue Three. Yeah. So they announced the Shenmue Three, the game that had a Kickstarter launch at E3 last year. Uh, it won't be at E3 this year. If that's a huge
2: surprise to anybody. Um, hey, you know what game's probably not going to hit that December 2017 target? Oh, it's Shenmue 3.
1: <laughs> imagine that. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of a bummer to think like, oh, hey, like all those big things like Kingdom Hearts 3 and Final Fantasy 7 Remake and Shenmue 3 that were like, that we imagine them as being things that we get to have soon, but maybe not. And that kind of makes me wonder, like, what are we going to see on Sony's show
3: this it, year? But Spider-Man and God of War.
1: Yeah, yeah. I and feel I mean, like
3: we're. I feel like Sony's all good. Yeah, for the yeah. next year. Like, I feel like there's enough padding, and then if those come out in two, three years, like I feel like there's a pretty solid stream mm. of, of. It's stuff such of right a now. it's yeah. such a
2: weird thing that if they like they you're right that Death Stranding's probably years away, and these games are probably years away, and so it's a, a weird thing where like if Sony comes out this year and they just show, you know, Dreams and Days Gone and Spider Man and God Dreams. of War, like if they just show stuff they've announced, I feel like people are gonna come away disappointed even though that shouldn't be disappointing if that all of true. those are
3: coming soon you well, know i would expect that we'll get like an announcement of something new that we won't see for another three years and yeah. it'll just be a cycle that it kind of keep works it going that yeah, yeah
1: spider-man yeah. 2 yeah uh anyway uh good stuff uh we finally got our proper like look at far cry 5 um they put out a trailer that shows off what that's about uh and there's a big discourse about it uh so yeah it's like
3: what is it's, it add uh, to change.org is that what the thing is yeah the so petition, we, is it a petition to we, get the game banned.
1: we honestly don't know if it's a joke or not but there is a petition to have far cry 5 banned because it's about uh killing christian americans who are, i mean they're also like a militant cult but you know what's waco i don't know anyway um <laughs> i'm excited because this has aerial combat and farm animals so like you know as it being a far cry game Far Cry games have always been kind of weird and out there and you've got like a, you know, corrupt CIA guy giving you a flamethrower to go burn you've a pot You've played on. all
3: of them, right? Yeah, I guess I have. The three is my favorite. Yeah. Um, I totally respect the hell out of two, but I dropped off around Primal where I tried to play it and just didn't get super invested in it. Yeah. Whereas I feel like this is like back to what I'm going to really like in a Far Cry game.
1: Yeah, I don't like everyone's like, oh, America's not that exotic. And it's like, I I'm I have faith that it's going to be like.
3: Exotic isn't what I care about. Yeah. They have drug trips in those games for that. Like it's fine. They'll make <laughs> right, it weird. Right.
1: Also, like it's. I mean, you've got enough kind of variety of climate and stuff. I'm just. I'm honestly like. I'm be honest. I'm pretty excited about the farm animals and the tractors. Um, yep. If this variety. turns in like that.
3: Oh, you too. Yeah. 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 Farm
1: animals and tractors. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I think it's like them. There's like, them. There's like guys, a pitchfork huh? <laughs> that you can throw. Like I don't like they've got like a bunch of a bunch of gnarly stuff. I think aerial combat is really is is the thing that will probably. I guess you kind of had you had that little gyrocopter in four. And you had, like, owl controls in, in Primal. But, like, as far as, like, proper, like, get in a plane and screw around, they've kind of been... I just... It's hard to do.
3: It's yeah, really hard to it, make that work.
2: I'm totally in conceptually. Yeah. I'm a little confused about what the game is. And, like, I know, obviously, what a Far Cry game yeah. is. But I was surprised how little, like, gameplay they've showed. And, and how little I understand about, like, the protagonist or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I totally i saw a lot games of the comments have
3: protagonists yeah,
2: well i mean that's true right like you're ultimately just going to be like a a camera with arms Jason anyway yeah. yeah i mean totally but it's just it was, it was interesting to me that like the way they revealed that game i saw a lot of comments on IGN that thought those three character trailers uh were people you played as and and i think it's really Good interesting point. that like like people who've played far cry I get it but i i totally felt like they just needed to show Ten seconds of gameplay, so people mm. understood what you were yeah, doing. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, Far like
1: strong suit's always been just the gameplay and the kind of the freedom to run around and just get in trouble. Um, and as far as characters go, like there've been some cool ones. Like I like Voss, but uh, then there's all those side characters who I'm like, I don't really care that much. Yeah, um, there is that. There's that CIA dude who shows up in like four after three, and I'm like, they're like, remember him? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. They're like, I,
2: kind I, of. Yeah,
1: me that flamethrower? He's kind Who's
2: of weird. the. the- other villain after Voss at the end of three, like the second half of the oh, game villain. Like
1: Jeff or whatever. Yeah. 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 It's not yeah. his name at all. Yeah. But,
3: well, there are, there are technically three of them. There's the creepy Australian dude. Yeah. Yeah, boss, yeah. And then there's the end guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can forgot the name of the end guy. I don't know, yeah. but they, they always put this
1: emphasis on these, these characters who are sort of like performing directly to you. Uh, and then as far as like an actual character you're playing as like, yeah, we have the name Jason Brody. Like, but you're like, I don't know. Eh, you know.
3: I'm okay with not being a character in a Far Cry game. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't mind that at all. But I think you're totally right and that I would like to see combat. Like, one of the things that I think they've expanded on well is having combos or, like, chains, basically. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, yeah. Li- I like that kind of stuff in, in combat that I would like to see an expansion on that in the trailers. But I would guess they're waiting for E3.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're totally right. And at E3, I'm sure we'll get answers. It was just weird because, like, bits and pieces were coming out that, like, you can choose the gender and race of your protagonist. Mm. But it's like, in a Far Cry game, does that matter? Yeah, and yeah. like, so that makes me think maybe there is a more involved role for the protagonist this time around. And it, it just like, the amount of information coming out about it, 100%, you're right, that like at E3, all these questions will be answered. But it was just like a weird, felt like a weird, like, half measure to yeah. to tell us but not tell it's us. like they know?
3: gave us teases but branded it mm-hmm. as an official trailer. Exactly. Yeah.
1: It's also, I mean, it's also kind of... It's an ambitious thing to be trying to tackle right now because the, the American political climate is is pretty intense right now. So Aww. to be doing something like this and to do it either in an exploitative manner that's just sort of like, hey, look at this, it's a crazy and offensive. Whoa, aren't we edgy? And be like, great, okay, well let's, okay, fine. That's that's one option. The other option is that it's like way too real. And I'm like, I don't want to play this. This is depressing. I'll just go watch CNN to cheer myself up. When
3: Ubisoft touches on politics, they don't tend to really make a statement. They just tend to be like, this is uh, happening right now. Let's let's put you in this circumstance. And like their official statement is, you know, we like players to be able to draw their own conclusions. But I take it as we don't want to offend anyone. So I think that they'll probably play it safe and like focus in on the cult aspect. So it doesn't seem like they're actually attacking anyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard thing to do. It's, it's, it's going to
2: be interesting. It really is. Our, our friend Callie, who's over at GameSpot now, used to be at IGN. Uh, I recommend you read her piece on it. I read that it, this morning. It's yeah, it was really good. A really good, like, basically it says exactly that, that like you you have to, if you're going to do it, like it could be done really well or it could be done very badly, you know? And I think, I think they like, just
3: won't do anything in the same yeah. way that the first Watchdogs was a blank character in and they could have made really interesting political commentary on censorship and on Watchdogs, but they yeah. didn't. They would just lied. like mm.
2: they dip their toe in exactly. in this weird way. Yeah, it's like they they skirt around. They have the appearance of saying something without actually saying anything. Yes. And it's like I I hope this game's not that. Like I
3: I, th- I absolutely think it will be that.
2: I think that I don't know that franchise is really weird and like they have been able to like Far Cry Two especially is like really bizarre and like subverts everything the games mm-hmm. do. So it's like, like Malaria. I would, yeah, exactly. So like I would love to see them like, live up to that and do something, like, really bold and ambitious and, like, yeah, it'll piss some people off, but, like, I would would just love to see them have something to say. And I hope I... Ultimately, you're probably going to be right, but I really hope that this is the game that, like, finally, like, have some kind of good commentary about like the current state of America. I would love that too.
3: We want like all games to be like spec ops, right? Like you want everything to make me think that much and it would be amazing. But I just think that it's so much of a risk for them to alienate part of their audience. And yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, especially a big company like that.
3: Yeah. The
1: thing is that like commentary is it's, it's, it's kind of static in a sense, you know. It's you can't be like, "Hey, we're making a commentary on something," but it's open to interpretation because it's like, I mean, I guess that's sort of that's art. That's what they but,
3: officially say. they right. like, we we like to let the players decide and ask their own questions. Yeah. Like, no, you just don't present anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on.
1: I mean, like, what I hope is that at the beginning of Far Cry Four, there was that weird that weird thing where you could like just sit there and like, what's his face? Yeah, uh, you wait for like five Oh, Pagan minutes. Man. Pagan yeah, Pagan Man. would come back and be like, anyway, uh, let's go. Uh, Thanks for waiting, bud. Yeah, <laughs> here's the end of the game. You just beat it by just sitting there, and you're like. That was it. I like the idea of that kind of stuff where it plays with the the game telling you to do stuff as a player versus, I don't know, I guess there's the option to play the video game like a video game. There's the option to play the game like it's actually a real thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Far Cry, uh, I kind of don't like it as a political platform. Like, I, it's, cause, it's just because it is so inherently sort of stupid. Like, it's a game I where think, I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to let a, a tiger loose and it's going to bite yeah, someone. Yeah,
3: I think like I... Really enjoy Far Cry games and will probably like it regardless. But I, I also, I would prefer a strong political stance than something that seems in the middle ground, so as not to offend. And I mean that in that I would like prefer it to vehemently disagree with my politics than to not say anything at all. Like I would prefer for it to pick a side because it yeah. makes it better. But that's still like a light criticism. I don't think it ruins the game at all because it's like yeah. it's still Far Cry games are open and fun. Like, I just I think s- they
2: have to just figure out what the franchise is. Like I think honestly, like they. With Blood Dragon and even with Primal to some extent, like they got really weird. Mm -hmm. And I think now, yeah, Yeah. like Blood Dragon's awesome. And it's like, if they want to be a goofy, fun game, I fully support that. Like it's, but if they want to pivot back to being a little more serious, like I kind of am on board with that too. Like I'm just, I'm curious to see, you can't have both. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if they just are willing to like let go of the goofiness if they really want to swing into seriousness. Or if they're ha- they have these, like, really serious trailers, but it's going to end up just being a goofy dumb yeah that's, game. yeah, that's
1: what bugged me about 4 was that it always felt like – like, 3 felt like a sort of politically incorrect Mountain Dew commercial that was, yeah. like, half-rooted in kind of old, like, like pulp adventure stories of the 30s that are like, oh, the white savior's here. and the, But then you're also like, I got sick tribal tattoos, brah. Let's go hang gliding. Is
3: so that one and, part where you get high and the, and the boss is just this giant woman? Yeah. yeah. That's it's like a, a, a uh, that's
1: yep. like yep. A very, very weird, funny, strange game. Down. Yeah. And you set a bear on fire, and you're like, "Well, that's sort of odd. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but I'll I'll live with it." And then four felt much less like.
3: The game had bears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three. Three had bears. Yeah, you could yeah, skin tons them, of bears. You could, yeah. Maybe I bears. avoided yeah. the bears because I was very I well I'm, I'm very careful about what I will actually attack in Far Cry games, okay. which technically makes me bad because it means that I don't farm the right things. Yeah, but I mean, like I was completely against hurting a turtle. Loose yeah. Interpretation like, no of the
1: word farming, but okay. Um. Well, no, but yeah. like, uh, yeah, four felt like uh a Rage Against the Machine poster, or, like, like they did the whole tie-in with, like, Vice documentary stuff, and it was, like, after Blood Dragon, which was so kind of leading into, like, the absurd and just the over-the-top style, that they were like, hey, we went to we went to Nepal and, like, actually checked out what goes on there, and this is, like, fairly realistic, and I'm like, no, it isn't. I'm going to fly a gyrocaptor into a tiger. Like, it's not... That's not the part that I
2: like, and yeah. I get what you're doing, but... I mean, that's kind of been the problem, is that the gameplay's always incongruous with the story. Like, yeah. I, I think they need... I want to see them bridge that gap. I either want to see them just. Ludo narrative dissonance. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, I, I want to see either just Blood Dragon just embrace how goofy mm-hmm. it is, or like, if they're going to go serious, go serious. And like, the
1: gameplay. Present
3: like, something like a good Netflix series. Like, exactly. that would be the ideal. Like, make yeah. this one be like Breaking Bad.
1: That would be really cool. Right. But I mean, it's just, it's tricky to tell a serious story when you've got the player having the option to set an animal on fire. Yeah, you're totally right. Um, but yeah, like, if, if this is. If I can play this like a modern open world redneck rampage, then that's okay. <laughs> uh, and if I can if I can call it farm crimes and what go around doing bad Dyn- things to the farm animals, yeah, those also, yeah, the duck dynasty. Oh, you can model. read our review on IGN.com. Yeah,
2: uh, um, I really, I really, I'm excited to see more D3 because like yeah, they yeah. that trailer definitely got my attention. Yeah, and like I'm, they're so good at villains that if nothing else, like I totally get that like Boyd Crowder justified vibe from The Father, and like mm-hmm. I, I want to. I don't know. I, I want to be really excited for this game. I, I have just trained myself to be cautious with everything. I guess that's a good yeah. thing to do—just to be cautious about everything. Yeah, look both ways before you pre-order a game. Yeah,
1: you know, being no, cautious just... is the is the key the key rule for golf. Oh, uh, are we doing it? Are we talking about everybody? Yes, we're talking about everybody's Dude. golf.
2: Okay, I'm gonna get made fun of. I've already gotten made fun of by Marty for saying this. Uh, so, so for background, like a. The first-party PlayStation franchises that are still around that have been on PS1, 2, 3, 4. Uh, Everybody's Golf, which was Hot Shops Golf, and Gran Turismo. And those both have new installments coming out this year. Obviously, like, tons of games have improvements between generations and blah, blah, blah. Playing Everybody's Golf, it feels like the most, like, noticeably next-gen upgrade to a franchise of, like, anything. Because it's, like... What's up? Yes, I have a question. Uh, Did they
1: rebrand Hot Shots Golf to Everybody's Golf because only Hot Shots at golf were playing it and they wanted to attract a wider audience? Too many
2: Hot Shots. No, it was called Everybody's Golf in Japan and Europe. Mm. And so there's been this divide forever that it was only called Hot Shots Golf here. And now they're finally just consolidating the name um but it's really it it sounds insane and like yes i'm just talking about a golf game and ultimately it is still just a cartoony golf game but like they have a really robust character creator which is just like from the get-go is just like really fun and like you can make like really like i spent a lot of time with it and like you can really have fun with it like there's there's a lot to it but beyond that like it's an open world golf game like and they messed with that in like the vita version they had like a lobby that where you could like walk around and see people but this is like so much more robust than that. Like, it's like huge, and you, it says you eventually. Is it, is it need more
3: like, of a social game than a golf game?
2: No, it's still very much a golf game. It's okay. just, they just super have social elements if you want them. Okay. You can totally just ignore it and play a teen holes of golf, but like, it said you eventually need, cause the courses are huge. So you eventually need like a golf cart to get around, and they're teasing like fishing mini games and what? stuff that there's like, Incredible. they're just adding so much to it. And so I don't know, the beta was just super basic, and it was, um, a couple, like I played one eighteen hole course. And I messed with uh There's a thing called Turf War, which is like an online mode. Um, but it was like I don't know. I really genuinely had so much more fun with it than I expected to. So
1: like I'm I'm half messing with you and making fun of you, but I'm also like golf is one of those. Odd I also want to play it. Yeah, like I so I. I kind of actively hate golf as a real real thing. Yeah. It's like, let's there's just, a game. It's great. Yeah. As <laughs> in video games, it's like, it's, it's fun as hell. I used to play like um, the terrible like Microsoft Windows 95 I think golf. Was,
3: I would think that's actually what it was called. It was, like Yeah. Microsoft Windows golf. Were
1: you, like, well, it, and it was just like, it, that was like a completely linear, like, and I didn't know what the, I didn't yeah, know I how to play golf, too. but yeah. yeah, it was just kind of like a weird fun, like hit the ball kind
2: of thing. you know? And that's the thing, like those in Tiger Woods never quite hooked me in the way that like Mario golf did and that Hot Shots golf always yeah. had because like, it's a really good marriage of like really carefully thought out golf mechanics that you wouldn't expect, but also like it's very arcadey and and easy and accessible um, until difficulty ramps up. And like, this is like, I don't know. This just feels like a, like, obviously if you hated all the other hotshots games, you're not going to magically love this one, but it just feels like a really smart evolution of it. That feels like, like what I want to see from franchises on, Coming to PS4. I
1: mean, if you get to drive around golf carts and, and like make funny little avatars, like that, that sounds like a good time.
2: Yeah, it, it totally like I the beta was only two days long, and when it ended, I was like, oh man, like when I just the, I'm itching for more of it. When does that come out? Uh, August. It'll. It's like last week of August, I think. Okay, that's cool.
1: Uh, well, speaking of golf, I play this game. I mentioned this last week. Um, it's called Moonshot Galaxy, and it's a PSVR game. All right, this segment's called What VR Playing. <laughs> that's uh, what it's called. Ah, uh, 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 uh. Uh, but no it's it's a it's a PSVR game. Um I think I think the guy who made it as uh, a beyond fan and sent over codes. I might be mistaken there. Uh, it's really cool though. It's basically uh Mario Galaxy <laughs> mini golf if that makes any sense. Like you got all these little kind of little planets, like little little prince planets and you're playing golf on them. But there's no like there's no there's no stick. You're just using the the move controllers to basically <laughs> like sort of rubber band stuff back and sort of like stretch it. Oh, it almost cool. feels like It almost feels like like billiards in that sense. Hmm. Um, But there's all these like weird, just totally, you know, surreal, like loop the loops. And there's like a volcano you got to knock the ball into. That sounds
2: like perfect for VR.
1: Yeah. And it's it's also like I've been trying to find that sweet spot of of comfortable VR and stuff that isn't, (coughs) you know, it isn't like aggressive to like play long chunks of it. But in this case, you're basically sitting down and it's more like you're, you know, kind of manipulating this this big diorama in front of you uh, to try to move stuff around. Like it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like if it was a game where I'm had to stand in front of my TV with a helmet on and look at my hands and hit golf that way, I'd be like, this is tire tiring and I don't want to do it. But it's like, I I keep trying to be like, okay, would this work outside of VR? And I guess you, it maybe could, but it would be really cumbersome control wise. It's like a
3: mobile game. Maybe,
1: like maybe, I mean, like with touch. Yeah. I think you could scale it down to be, so it's sort of a, a not, not two dimensional, but like maybe have slightly less, uh, I guess, personalized of a camera, you know, but it would be way less interesting. It'd still be fun, you know, fun game. But uh, yeah, that's out in the wild. Uh, another, game, another game is coming out. It's called Tiny Tracks, which I think is a, basically a, a slot car VR game. Where you are building like crazy racetracks all around yourself. And
3: it's, oh, that's, cool. that's actually awesome. Yeah. And it's, a cool again, idea.
1: again, it's like, it's t- the, the obvious mm-hmm. kind of like gimmickry of VR is hey, you put this thing on your head and you can be anywhere. And it's like, that's great, except sometimes being someplace else is horribly disorienting. So maybe like the solution for some of that stuff is like these these virtual miniatures. Um, and I mean, we've seen, Just, it?
3: We, we uploaded the first episode of a, a new series, it's VR Mechanics 101. And the first episode that we did was, uh exploring environments in VR and how different games make that work. And like the main one is teleportation because obviously it reduces motion sickness. And then uh, another one is just like having you kind of stand and be able to observe, but sit in one place basically. Yeah. Um, well. And then the third one that's the most common and most effective is when you get a very small playing field that you can move around as much as you want to. Cause that's like an answer to room scale VR that doesn't need a full room. It's like, it's, it's interesting to see the way different VR games are, ha- are tackling exploration mm-hmm. especially when players can look wherever they want to so it's like how like for something that's an action focused game how do you or a story action adventure how do you get them to actually pay attention to the story and it's like there's a lot of really cool tricks that you see using vr where sometimes they'll put you in an area that just doesn't have anything else interesting to look at but you don't notice that because you're not paying attention to it it's like all these little subconscious things oh, that like yeah. really focus
1: attention well that's also that's so cool that it's like here are the the three ways you can do that currently until really somebody long. just breaks it and makes something yeah. entirely new yeah. um but i do like the, the sort of the diorama playset approach and we're seeing this with um it's like tiny Fantastic tracks contraption and, has that. yeah yeah and there's what is it cowboys and dinos is that what it's called i think um it's got cowboys and dinos in yeah it, so what, i think what I've been that might be the name um, but that's that's all about like picking up little things and rearranging them job oh simulator uh, is kind oh, of like yeah. that yeah uh, i mean job um, simulator is much more first person but you're like I don't know. That's, yeah. that's weird. I tried to, less I, of a playground. I had a friend over, we got we got like just very drunk this weekend and he was like, You have VR? I was like, Yeah, I got VR, let's play VR. And I like put it on his head and like we couldn't I couldn't figure out how to adjust the height. And I was like, This isn't working. You wanna be a bird? And he's like, Okay, I'll be a bird. And we're just <laughs> uh, like,
2: yeah. Dude, one of the we're gonna have some cool VR stuff uh from that trip we just took. Uh one of the things we did, I'm excited to talk to you guys about because I think people are understanding that VR can be more like Very early on, people stopped using the word game and use the word experience, and I I really like that approach. I I think that there's more to it than just, like, a first-person shooter where you can look in every direction or whatever.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, my favorite VR games are still Kronos and Superhot. Like, Superhot in VR is so good. It changes the game. Like, I feel like
2: with Superhot, like, I've actually only played Superhot in VR, so it's, it's like, I would imagine, like, not having that degree of, like... I don't know like I, I it's guess a com- I it's almost it a completely different fix, but game yeah.
3: but like both of those are technically like Superhot is a game yeah and Chronos is definitely a game it's like fixed camera it's an action adventure it's basically Zelda Dark Souls type game but like I of the experiences I mean there's there are short films in VR now there's yeah, one yeah. little Alamedh that's absolutely beautiful like yep. there are bunch of different things still happening with that platform and it's like we haven't seen a ton of stuff lately uh for psvr and i want more of that stuff i want more yeah. m- more like i the games that i like are, are really good because they use mechanics that have worked in video games previously and aren't fully taking advantage of VR but
2: I I think that's the concern is that like they like I don't know but I'm assuming these are just more expensive to develop and so like the really high-end VR experiences I think are happening on Vive and Oculus because it's just probably those two more of a PC-friendly platform like and I don't know like PSVR like it's I want to see that stuff coming to PSVR too because that's the only one that I like I don't own one but it's like I would if there was something compelling enough to make me want to play in my apartment.
3: Yeah.
1: What's really fun is we're seeing, and I, I just like looked at the, I don't even know what, what screen it is, but where they have like recommended VR stuff and it's, uh, they're making all these like small sort of bite-sized experiences that are tie-ins with movies. The thing that needs to happen is these no those need to be like either free or like trials, yeah. Uh, oh, and they aren't. They're not. Yeah. There's one that's like ten bucks, and it's for The Martian, and I'm like, dude, I could like for ten bucks, I could just buy the movie The Martian, and that's, <laughs> that's like <laughs>
3: that's really dumb. A
1: three hour movie, and then there's yeah. there's like a bunch of other ones. I would
3: ones. have thought that they would use those as as a different form of advertising rather than making.
1: Pay- right, and there's some that are free. I think there's one that's like it's uh it's like a Chainsmokers concert, which I don't ever want to do. Yeah, but you know it's there. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I mean they have they have ones they have all these different different kind of competing platforms that are like VR video services. Uh, where they're like, hey, like the one that Brian talked about where you see the animals going to the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, there's other ones where it's like, do you want to go, like, snowboarding? Do you want to see, like, a plane crash or a shark attack or whatever? And it's like, those are cool, but so far there hasn't been, like, I don't think there's been one that really just, like, that just grabs it, you know, just really yeah. gets, gets an it. I hope we see it.
3: more PSVR
1: types yeah. of yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a it's a VR in general. PlayStation or otherwise is, like, a really cool, it's an incredible thing, and yeah. it's. I hope we get more of it. So. Yeah, I
2: hope Sony leans into it at 3 I hope it doesn't become yet another... Sony hardware thing where yeah. they, like, gave it a year and then jump ship. Like, it. I I, I want to see them, and I, I do think they believe in it. Like, I do think they see it as a new hardware launch, so, like, I'm hoping we get, like, at least half a dozen, like, really cool PSVR experiences, yeah. because, like, I...
3: Or a price drop.
2: I've really come around, like, I was really skeptical on VR. Like, I really just kind of didn't care, and then now I've started to do enough things where I'm like I I want to be excited for it, but they're just the experiences that excite me are kind of still few and far between. Yeah, like I've played more bad VR things than good ones, and mm-hmm. so I'm just I'm waiting for that thing you know to hook me. And I think like I love PlayStation. Like if they can find whatever it is that, that like really makes me want to jump in, then I'm game. Yeah. But I, it's like
3: Superhot and Rubber Recall are games that are like cool enough for me to want to own VR that I could play constantly. Yeah. There isn't quite anything like that on PR. Yeah. Yep.
1: Anyway, that was What VR Playing? The number oh. one, oh. Oh. <laughs> such a terrible name. Um, now it's time for Rapid Fire, which is when you guys ask us questions. Uh, you can head over to facebook.com slash groups slash podcast beyond or groups.com slash dreams Did you see someone tweeted us
2: that he went he went
1: yeah yeah no that's I an actual that. website we found out that uh groups.com podcast Beyond is just a website that has a bunch of our videos that's not actually that's that's a bad joke that went too far and now is a real thing because that's how humor works uh but yeah anyway uh Rick Nugent says so, Capcom seems to be doing some fan service lately. Mega Man Collection, Disney Collection, and Dragon's Dogma coming to current gen. Is there anything in their library you'd like to see ported? Personally, I'd like an Onimusha HD Collection. Ooh. Alana, you are super stoked about Dragon's Dogma. Oh, I
3: love Dragon's Dogma so much, especially because it's Docker Arisen, which is just like Dragon's mm-hmm. Dogma, but better and easier to play. Um, I love that game. If you haven't already played, you should totally check it out. It was my game of the year, the year it came out. Uh, but other than that, uh, it would be Okami.
2: Yeah.
1: That
3: checks Ooh, it
2: out. Yeah. Okami piece 4 would be so pretty. Yeah. Um,. I would like to see, I don't know, it's like, it's weird because there's this whole, there's like the part of my brain that's like the super nostalgic, like when I was a kid, Capcom games, and then there's like the weird, like, I guess I would play back through like Devil May Cry if they brought it over to PS4, like especially the most recent one because I didn't Didn't spend any time with it. Didn't
1: they just do the HD collection last gen?
2: On... PS3. Yeah, yeah. didn't they yeah. bring over the last? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, they did. But I don't think, I don't, I could totally be wrong because I just haven't you, looked into you're it. You're talking but,
3: about Devil May Cry or DMC?
2: Well, I mean, Devil, both. Like, I, I want all of them. Like, because, like, I liked. Which I
3: really liked DMC.
2: Like, I I don't think I, any of them were playable on PS4. I could be wrong. But, like, I would love to go back. Yeah. Uh, because, like, that's a franchise that, like, I like the combat in. Um, But I don't know. Like, for me, that, that's not, like, my first answer. My first answer is still, like, more stuff, like, the Legacy Collection. Like, bring back stuff from, like, when we were kids. Even, like, like obviously not in PS4 but like i would love to see them revive like minish cap and and stuff that they did in like with yeah. nintendo like i would um, just love to see capcom bringing back more like of their their are like, like I love what they did with the Saturday morning cartoon collection yeah, thing Disney like afternoon collection such a cool idea, um, like i I want to see more of that stuff,
1: yeah, I'm that's exactly what I was gonna say uh I know it's it's very tricky with how Nintendo licensed stuff back in the day and how like a Nintendo game is a Nintendo game first, then a Capcom game second and a Disney game third, or however the hell that works out, but if we can get more stuff like the Disney afternoon collection uh. Maybe a 16-bit version. I'd be super stoked on That'd that. Be awesome, especially yeah. with all like the weird behind-the-scenes stuff and like making of things. And I mean, it'd be awesome if they just like threw in some like I don't know featurettes where people talk about like interview developers and stuff. I mean, like Mickey Mania—that's a David Jaffe game. Like, how do you go from making a game where you're like, ah, oh, you want to fight Steamboat Willie? Well, you'll enjoy my next game. It's about a flaming ice cream truck that shoots <laughs> missiles out of it. You're like, what? Anyway, uh, Kristen Bates says, "If you were forced to get a tattoo of any video game character, who or what would you choose?" I already got two of those.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I have one Persona inspired one, and then like I want an Earthbound one. Like I'm yeah. that's the, my go to yeah. answer for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, I want to get some Yoji Shinkawa Metal Gear art at some point. That'd be rad. So, yeah. I don't know where I'm gonna get it, but it's just yeah. Full back. Yeah. Just just a big yeah. Just a just a big huge fat man in his bomb suit, his rollerblades, <laughs> just going around having that wine. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I already have Yoshi and Charizard. If I were to get anything else, it would be just Majora's Mask.
1: And you got a Deadly Premonition tattoo, too. That's my favorite. It's not it's a character, one. really, but it's like a... Yeah.
2: yeah, and you've, like, Pokemon stuff. Like you, I feel like you're...
3: They're yeah. all, like, from things that just meant a lot to me when I was a yeah. kid, basically. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, Majora's Mask isn't the only one that I feel like is missing. But I'm also, like, I don't have that much space to keep adding video game tattoos, so I'm not getting any more. You
1: could
2: just get huge.
1: Yeah, point. Play, play more realistic. Yeah. No,
3: I do <laughs> want one more tattoo, but I'm waiting. I'm not going to...
2: Yeah I definitely like I've wanted earth on one for a very long time. It's yeah, I feel um, like
3: you've been saying that like since I met you.
2: Yeah, it's uh I don't know, it it it's hard, right? Because like especially for a game that means that much to me, it's like hard narrowing it down to one thing. Yeah. And I also I don't want like an earth on sleeve. Like I would yeah. I want to narrow it down to like one image that means something to me, like I totally get King, which is the dog. Um, or it's getting Ness. I don't know. Like, I'll That'd get something. Cool.
1: Of what if you got the Ness's entire shirt tattooed on your torso?
2: Yeah, and I don't have to wear a shirt anymore.
1: Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. It's funny stripes. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Good idea. Uh, Phil Mansfield says... <laughs> uh, Phil Mansfield said, This is perfect for Andrew. I've seen many complaints that Persona 5 is too long, i.e. 100 plus hours, yet people are sinking that much time into Breath of the Wild. What are your thoughts about the length of it, as well as if a game can actually be too long?
2: I mean, any game is like... Games can definitely overstay their welcome. I think anything... Like, there are games where they're only three hours, and that's perfect. And mm-hmm. then, I'd like, Persona is so involved that I think it, it kind of has to be that long in order to tell that story. Um, I
3: think a game that is too long is a game that obviously becomes repetitive or has padding to be longer. Yes, exactly. And that definitely happens.
2: I mean, that that happens more often than it does I thought I Uncharted
3: like, was too long, like, by a couple hours.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of games feel the need to, especially single-player games, feel the need to, like, extend... I mean, even games I love, like, I love The Last of Us, but, like, there are combat sections where I was just like, oh, I don't want to do this again, you know? And I think, like, like Tomb Raider and Bioshock Infinite and all those games, like, could probably even cut in half and I would have been fine with it. Yeah. Um, I think, like, I, for me, like, Persona specifically, I totally don't think it's too long. But I don't
3: know that an RPG can be too long.
2: Especially because there's, like, you invest time into grinding and into things that add time. I mean, for me, I understand why that turns people off. Yeah, Like, I, I totally get why that would be too long for you, but that doesn't necessarily mean, like, mm-hmm. objectively too long.
3: Also, comparing it to Breath of the Wild, it's handheld. That makes yeah. such a big difference, yeah. I think. Like, if Persona 5 were on the Switch, I would have destroyed that game by yep. now. Yeah. And I actually just bought it this weekend. So, well,
2: And that's how it was with Persona 4 on Vita. Like, it was, like, I poured so much time to that game partially because I could just take it everywhere. Yeah. And I, I think that franchise, like, has done really well on portable. so it's, like... As much as it's gorgeous on PS4, like I am a little bummed it's on Vita because I feel like it would actually be a really nice place for it yeah. if right. it was even possible. Yeah,
3: I, I, slight sidestep. I bought Persona 5, Nia, and Neo, um all nice. this weekend and, and played like an hour of each of them. <laughs> And they're all really good games. It's like, like holy crap, they're all really good. It's just because I've been traveling so much that I was like, I feel like I need to actually finally catch up on this stuff. You and need I to play near Right before E3. Yeah. Um, I also started playing Hyper Light Drifter. Have you guys played that? Oh, hell yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Like, incredibly good. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't play it last year. I
1: like that game. Uh. I did not finish it because it just it's started odd. started kicking my ass. Yeah. Um, it's gorgeous, though. I really liked it. Just, it felt like kind of a perfect mix of so many i grew up with like i don't impossible. know what's
3: going on in high yeah. like things are just kind of happening around me and i'm like okay yeah this is the, the world that exists here
1: yeah but to um to go back to the persona thing uh i mean obviously yes the portability of zelda is huge but also the fact that it's uh it's there's a story there but it's mostly what you're doing you know it's like your your way of interacting with it whereas like i got i don't know how many hours into persona and i forget where i left off and i want to jump back into it but i'm also like what, I, what was I doing? What was the what was the point there? And it's like, it's not, I wouldn't say it's necessarily like linear, but it's structured and it's all you about, you just do nothing. Yeah, you it's yeah. all about like time management it. and like, and whereas Zelda, you're like, I'm going to go and blow up that tree and get wood out of
2: it and I'm going to eat yeah, some bananas. I still haven't yeah. beaten Zelda. I'm like 180 hours into it. Like, it's just like that game that I can come back to for 20 minutes and yeah. screw around and feel satisfied Whereas well, like, like, yeah, like, a game, yeah, I mean, even, like, Marty's, like, 60 hours into Persona, but he hasn't touched it in, like, three weeks because yeah. it's, like, it just gets overwhelming, and I totally get that. Yeah,
1: and I mean, boo-hoo, poor us, but, like, we're also scrambling around checking out tons of different games, and it's hard yep. to go back. Oh, uh, funny story. I jumped back into The Witcher for just for the hell of it this weekend. I'm like, I'm going to play a game I like to play. I'm I gonna like, play. you do
3: that, like, once a year. Yeah,
1: I love that game. I, last time I jumped in was apparently, according to my save file, was in September. Mm. Uh, so that means that since then, uh, I was I've played uh horizon yakuza tomb raider breath of the wild persona i'm trying to think what else other like big games like that so i jumped into witcher and just immediately got my ass handed to me because i completely (laughs) forgot how to play that game yeah and i was like like i was like how do i call my horse and i just drank like three potions and i'm like apparently not like that that's not (laughs) how you get the horse um
3: what do you want to do Jumping between giant, especially open world games is, like, it's, it's hard. Yeah,
1: it's tricky. Um, yeah, I think JRPGs are, are just, they're Dickensian. They're, they're paid by the page, almost, you know? Like, they people like them being long. If you made, like, a four-hour JRPG,
2: it wouldn't really work. I mean, Child of Light I mean. is the closest, I think. Yeah. Um, and it, it worked, but I think it's less... Like, part of the thing, part of the reason I love JRPGs is because... By the time you finish, like, a 100-hour game, you are so invested in those characters. You're exactly, because
3: they're yours. You made them. Exactly, exactly. No one else can have the same ones. What do you mean by uh, the Child of Life comparison?
2: Well, just it's basically a JRPG, but it's only eight hours it's long. Not that long, yeah. yeah. I
3: feel like it worked, and then it was light enough. Well, basically, yeah, enough. totally.
2: I mean, it's it's like I a... I liked that game. I that is the game I recommend to people who like turn-based mechanics but don't want to invest a hundred hours. Yeah. Because like I think Child of Light is a gorgeous game. I think it's uh,
3: and Ubisoft was really good those two years that Child of Light and Valiant Hearts Hots came out.
2: Well, and Rayman. like God,
3: I yeah. want
1: I want more Ubisoft games. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Uh, Anthony Kennedy says, "What do you guys want to see from the Castlevania series on Netflix? What other game franchise do you foresee making this type of leap?" uh my I,
3: answer is i don't i don't i don't want to i don't want to watch a castlevania series like i, I like the <sighs> castlevania games a whole lot i don't want to see that i i yeah. feel like it's just gonna like butcher the attachment I
2: have. the trailer was pretty i i'm kind of in the same boat like i i i is a weird franchise for me because it's i i totally abandoned it like i i loved castlevania games as a kid but i haven't played a castlevania game so in so recently, like, long
3: shadow of something too um Oh, Lords the
2: two Shadow 360 ones. 2, yeah. That
3: was the most recent one. And I think
2: the last one I played was the, the DS ones that they were putting yeah. out for a while that were really good.
3: I mean, the Lords of Shadow 2 was really good, like, in in a way that I was surprised by how much I liked it because I didn't expect it to be good. I had to review it. It was, like, really good. There's this one boss fight slash kind of level that's just been overtaken by a toy maker. So everything's just like kind of these creepy toys. And I, I, if I remember it correctly, the boss fight is just this giant animated toy that you have to fight. Yeah. It was it was a super cool. That was like a nightmare yeah. that Max would have. Yeah, it sounds like my
1: desk. <laughs> um, but no, like uh, I was completely, I totally screwed myself up on this because I saw that Frederator Studios was working on it and they make Adventure Time. And I was like, oh, it's going to be like Adventure Time but with blood and vampires. That'll be cool. And then I was like, no, of course it's going to be, like, anime-style. Like, <laughs> like, the the demographic for Castlevania doesn't want, like, a weird, like, goofy, cartoony version. But I was totally hoping it would be, like, a cartoon version of the old comics that you'd get in Nintendo Power. Mm. Uh, yeah. But I feel like that'll probably maybe exist as, like, a webtoon. Like, people yeah. be like, oh, it's like the Watchmen Saturday morning cartoon or whatever. I mean,
2: I would love for it to be... If I hear it's awesome, I will totally watch yeah. it. But it's not anything that I'm, like... Yeah, just I it. Mean, there's a lot I'm of
3: thinking. interesting lore in the Castlevania franchise. Like, the Belmonts are very interesting people, but yeah. it's just... I just don't. There's, I don't need it. Yeah, there's
2: like so much
1: good vampire anime out there. Yeah, which yeah. is a sentence that Brian would make fun of me for saying. If I was if he was here. Yeah, um, but no, like I don't know. I I would love to see Metal Gear get this treatment just because
3: you just want everything Metal Gear. Though.
1: Yeah, a, a Metal Gear cartoon show? Are you kidding me? That'd be awesome. What would that be? I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care at all. Make it anyway. There could be vampires in that too. Uh, I don't know. I it'd be I'd be rad to see a Zelda cartoon or you know just. Yeah, a
3: good Zelda cartoon. Even yeah. that, what would that yeah. be? Like, it's so... I just... I feel like I don't really want my favorite video game franchises to be made into TV series. Like, mm. I just...
2: I do, as, like, an enriching thing, like, I love the idea of, like... I don't know, like, if they want to tell the story before of the Wild in cartoon form, like, everything leading up to that. it or something, Yeah, sure. no. But, like, like, I don't need to see the game 2 resold. comic
3: is really yeah. good and, like, adds well to Injustice 2, but I think, like, a full series that stands alone just... I think it's just that we've had so many bad examples of that that it just haunts mm-hmm. it for me, and I'm always, like, scared of that happening because it has so many times, basically.
1: Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Castlevania, at the very least, I like that we get to say that word a lot because it's one of my favorite words, Castlevania.
3: Yeah, pretty good.
1: So it's like the you've got, like, two minutes to think of a name of a scary place. <laughs> <laughs> what do we call it? <laughs> um, David Schroeder says, what two games would you love to see a crossover made from? Mm. Uh, real quick, Madden versus
2: FIFA. Wow, football versus football. Yep
1: yep yep they just go they run out of the field and there's nobody knows the rules <laughs> they're just all running to each other
3: <laughs> i kind of like the idea of like soccer versus hockey yeah so it's like on ice so like my favorite thing about watching hockey is that they fight all the time but because they're all on ice their skates just slip and they all just like and not to fall over while yeah. trying to fight each other it's brilliant yeah and
1: they're all dressed up like like lawn furniture they're just like covered in funny pads and stuff and they got
2: feet knives this is a really good
1: question i feel bad not having an answer like yeah
3: i feel like i need more time to think about it
2: i mean i'd like i know marty has talked a lot about his like armored core dark souls crossover idea of (sighs) like um that idea that like you you play like a dark souls game but instead of like leaving behind your souls or whatever you literally leave your mech and then you're playing as the pilot and so you have to get back to where the mech was that's so good yeah like like that's awesome and that's all him but like that that's a really cool idea um Something like that. I mean, like, something where, like, you you totally out of left field insert the mechanics of one game into another.
0: Hmm.
3: Yeah, I mean, this isn't really a, a crossover two games, but the one game that I always want made is if Rocksteady made a Justice League game like they make... Arkham games. Yeah. That's a thing that I've it's liked everybody. for as long as I can remember. or well, since Arkham Asylum came out, that's like what I've wanted. I'd, that would yeah. Be really
1: cool. I'd take that, but with like Batman, the animated series, like just yeah. all cel-shaded.
3: That'd be cool. They, That'd be cool? To,
1: they, they could make it real fast because they wouldn't have to spend all that time making like carbon fiber and like realistic trash to drive the Batmobile through. Yeah.
2: I mean, Arkham is a good starting point for any plus because it's like any weird franchise, like I would love to see. Like I, I think the Arkham treatment was so smart and like the combat feels so good in those games. So good.
3: Yeah. I feel like before now I would have said Lord of the Rings and Assassin's Creed. Oops, but like, here we are. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much.
1: Um yeah. It's always fun to think about that kind of stuff. Really I just like to see that all the sports games have to fight. They just they're just all in the big field. Yeah just nascar versus madden just the cars driving around the men have to run faster than them that's why i don't make (laughs) games
3: basically rocket league dlc yeah
1: that'd be good good. (laughs) um anyway uh this has been beyond uh we are obviously very busy with lots more e3 stuff so uh stick around the next couple weeks should be very interesting and exciting uh you can keep track of what all of us are up to on twitter i'm max scoville lana is charlanazard and andrew is garfep uh what are you on instagram is it also garbage? same? My Instagram locked down though. I keep my Instagram friends okay. and family. All right. Well, post some of those Japanese photos on on Twitter. All right. Yeah, yeah. I should do that. All right. Well, on that note, beyond, we'll be back next week. We love you.
0: Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the New Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused, and you have no idea where this came from? No, she was sent here anonymously. uh uh-uh, not she. They, maybe? Wait. I've never seen anything like this. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways.
2: My grandfather was a journalist back in the 60s and 70s. He specialised in strange stories.
0: Who are they? How are they connected to the skeleton? Play the tape. You'll see. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. We dream about it. We both dream about it. How often? Every night.